You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire. I'm overjoyed now to uh, be joined by a special guest. We don't have a lot of returning guests so far in the year or so that this show has been going on, but um, I'm thrilled to have Leisha and Kat from This Way North returning to Quiet Fire. How are you? Hey. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're living the quiet life in Yakandanda. <laughs> uh, for those people who don't know, uh, tell me where on earth is Yakandanda? It's up in northeast Victoria. Um, just sort of, just as the, just starting to get into the high country. Um, it's about about 40 minutes from the border, um, or 40 minutes from Albury-Wodonga. As, as they say, it's kind of, it's not far from Talangata near Tangambalanga. Not far from Mount Mamamarangbong. <laughs> We've pronounced all of those wrong because we're not locals. <laughs> Is it Ned Kelly country? Is that sort of the area? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really close to Beechworth. So yeah, definitely Ned Kelly country. How different has life been in, um, in that sort of country Victoria area in the last year? Has life changed drastically or is, you know, does it just mean there's, I don't know, even fewer cars at the lights at the at the inter- one intersection in town. Oh, there's no lights here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, it yeah. Well, we moved. We're in Yak. We've been in Yakandanda for a little bit, but you know, we were on the road for a lot of it when we had a base with some friends, and then you know, halfway through COVID last year, we sort of everyone had that realization that was sticking around a lot longer than uh, anyone thought. So we moved in, into town. Um, we actually moved onto the main street of the town, which I say that as it got, the street's about a hundred meters long and full of old heritage listed buildings. So we've, we've moved into a, a 1980, an 1880s cottage. And when we moved in, you know, the town's pretty quiet in general, but it was, you know, beautifully dead quiet, really. Yeah. We sort of didn't really realize that it, it does get really busy on the weekends when when it started to return to normal because it's such a beautiful little town. Now, the last time we spoke, I believe, was back in May of 2020 and you just released the single UBU, which was the sort of teaser opening single for your EP entitled Volume 3. We expected to see a little earlier. It's now seeing the light of day. What's been happening in that time? I guess it's just been a little tricky to make plans (laughs) you know so I mean essentially this we were hoping to release this in September last year but you know without doing any you know shows around it and we had a few little setbacks here and there so you know I think I think uh, we're all getting a bit more used to making plans and breaking plans so that's kind of uh yeah where we're at (laughs) but we're excited to finally get it out there because it's been I think this time last year we were just back from Yeah, we were Nashville just back from recording it. It's recording really it. exciting to put it out for realsies. And, you know, like things do change so quickly. Like we've got a tour, our EP tour starting in a couple of weeks and we're pretty sure it's going to go ahead. But, you know, you just don't know actually if we're going to be able to. So um, interesting times, sort of living on the edge, really. Now, you just touched on having uh, this time last year, you sort of just returned from recording it. I mean, for me to say and announce now to the world that, a, that an EP is getting released that was recorded in January of 2020 in Nashville must seem like a dream to you and the audience, right? Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell, tell me about how that experience was. You know, I think we talked about it briefly last time, but, you know, on reflecting on it, 
to have maybe had the opportunity and the experience to have spent a month in one of the cultural capitals of the world before it ended, let's maybe speculate. How do you feel about that in retrospect? Oh, it's, it's pretty surreal, you know, that we were over there, that we were, yeah, recording in Nashville, which has been a dream for both of us, that we went to New Orleans after that for a folk, the Folk Alliance music conference. And, you know, we were able to play a showcase in New Orleans in the city that, you know, where, you know, everything came from, basically. And, and then, you know, to be recording in Nashville where it's just full of musicians and artists and people encouraging each other. And it just feels really surreal to have been able to get there and back. And, you know, even we flew back and this time last year, my, my sister was getting married to a Canadian. And so all of my in-laws were, were out from Canada and we were having a great time and they flew back at the start of March. And it was literally weeks Two weeks after that, they that that you know, thirty Canadians were able to come over and celebrate with us. That we all went into lockdown and the borders shut, and and it, so the whole thing of being able to be over there and yeah, be it feels here, really surreal. But we also yeah. feel super grateful because, like Leisha said, like it's been a dream of ours, both of ours independently, to record in Nashville, and you know, to be able to have done that mm. in a time where you know not very long after it's just you know an impossibility <laughs> yeah we were, we were flying back through LA and there were a handful of people starting to wear masks and we sort of like thought oh they're taking this a little bit seriously and sort of you know scoffed at them and stuff and gee we ate our words or our masks in a, in a few months down the track <laughs> we choked on our masks <laughs> Now, at the centre of the type and style of music that you play, I, I tend to use the word folk when I describe it, but is that still the best word? Oh, I wouldn't think so. We've got to sort of... I think, I think it's like a fi- folk ideology. You know, please explain it a little further and better than I can. <laughs> it's a hard one to explain, I guess. Um, like, m- like most bands find it a bit of a challenge, but I guess in, in a sense, it's folk music and it's um, story writing, I guess, and some of it's storytelling. Um, but musically, I think both of our backgrounds are pretty, pretty diverse musically. And, um, yeah, I come from a bit of a, a session muso background and have played lots of different styles. And I think we try and incorporate that a lot into what we do. Like, um, we both love listening to lots of different styles of music. So, uh, they all kind of seep their way in. Um, yeah, we, we got a little edgy on this um, recording. We, we kind of wanted to keep it as true to its live sense as we could. Like, it's often, you know, it's interesting when you go into the studio, sometimes people want to go for a really polished sound. But our live show is so important to us. That's, you know, that's what we've spent. I don't know, usually we spend, you know, like 200 shows a year playing all around the place. And so that live show is, yeah, really what we wanted to capture in the studio. So I guess I didn't really answer your question genre-wise. <laughs> That's okay. I think, going, I think it's a good tangent. <laughs> She's good at tangents. I've been going, you know, when I describe it to people, it's like indie rock, pop, you know, with a bit of folk roots and blues aspects to it. So basically all the genres. <laughs> Now, the live thing is interesting. I, I feel like your, your group is one of the more malleable in this sort of, um, you know, I hate to use the term, but I will say new world in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, you certainly live in a more malleable um, well, genre 
if you call it. I can certainly see both of you in a uh, old truck sitting in the back strumming, you, you know, your chosen instruments to whoever it is. Is that sort of the plan B if this, you know, EP launch that's going ahead? Is there plan Bs? I think yeah. um, we, we are lucky that we can play in a range of different venues and we can play, you know, Friday, Saturday night at a festival or we can play into a listening crowd in a theatre or we can play, you know, in a hall or outdoors and that sort of thing. So we can move around. For us now in this new world, at least you didn't say unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. um, unprecedented makes me rage these days. Um, anyway, I'm playing it because I'm raging. Yeah, I think we are really happy to take things slow gig-wise. You know, we want to be back and playing for people. But if it's not going to be the way that we, that we want it to be or, or the feeling that we want it to be or the crowd isn't, you know, really with us, you know, we're not going to go out and play as many shows as we can in the pub gigs and, and playing covers or, you know, doing any of that stuff. We really... I think it's a time for us to reflect on what... Yeah. The types of shows that we really enjoy most. And I think um, before COVID, we'd really tailored our show. We were getting lots of festivals. I mean, and we were tailoring our show for the, for the festival stage and for the kind of, you know, a little bit later night party sets. Um, so these days with the restrictions in place and stuff, that's not really much of a possibility and it's it's a, a little bit more of a challenge. So, yeah, I guess, you know, we've had to, to reassess things and shift things around for our show and the type of energy that we're trying to produce. But, yeah, we've, we've spent a lot of time on that, actually. The last show that we did was a, in a beautiful hall in Beechworth. Um, it was a, a gorgeous little festival in Beechworth um, put on these things called ISO Breakers, which mm. was pretty fun. And, uh, um yeah, we, we were like, okay, so we just sort of assessed the show. What's it going to be like? And how do we want to, what do we want to get out of it? And what do we want to deliver? And how do we want to make people feel? So, you know, just really, really ha having a bit more time to be really conscious about those things has been a good thing for us. The other thing when I thought that I knew, knew you were both coming back on the show again is that I thought that um, your phones would have been very busy in the last six months with uh, friends and family who perhaps don't spend anywhere near as much time road tripping as you both are you you are sort of industry professionals at road tripping are you tired of handing out advice to people <laughs> no I, I get excited and passionate about it because i love pointing people in right directions of beautiful places to stay or weird little towns or funny little antique shops and things like that i think um yeah the road trip is back on again and i think most people's Cars are going to be filled with the sound of Paul Simon's Graceland again and people are going to be taken on off the highway. <laughs> now, um, it's taken five years for this entire trilogy to come out. Um, I guess that not only were you taking your audience on a journey, but you guys were both on a journey of your own as well. Where, where do you sort of see, you know, the full cycle of this trilogy? Where did you start out and where is it finishing? I guess it's, mm. it's funny because it's just naturally evolved into what it is. We, we released our first EP that was literally the two of us. We didn't even think we'd start a band. We just wanted to jam for fun. And then uh, when things started to get a little bit more, you know, we'd got a few gigs come in and stuff. We were like, oh, okay, maybe we should lay something down. And everything we've done, we've always just done because we wanted to and just for fun, mm -hmm. um, in, in a sense, in that, especially in that first EP. 
um, which was a self-titled one. And then from there, uh, when we recorded the second one over in Toronto, um, that was again, just a situation where both of us were going to be in Toronto at the same time. And we thought, Hey, why don't we, why don't we make use of the time and find a great studio and producer and do some recording. So, and naturally I think my affinity to disliking, um, or just to have a nice natural progression of order. I was like, let's call it volume two. <laughs> and so, cause you know, like I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan and I love how they numbered everything. Cause it was just, you know, simple. You knew what order. You knew where happened. you're up to. Yeah. You knew where you're up to, you knew what year it was, you know? Yeah. So um, for me, that was kind of <laughs> where that volume came from. Yeah. And volume three just feels like, all right, now we're ready to write an album after this. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, no one's ever really talked about that. And I haven't really, to be honest, thought of the EPs as a whole collection, thought of, you know, well thought out. It has felt like the the normal progression. But naturally, I think where, where it comes from is, you know, like, yeah, that first EP was like this rock and rootsy sort of excitement of like, ooh, this is fun. And then the next one was like, all right, we're really into our journey now. We've started you know, really harnessing playing music together and playing shows and wanting to, to get a bit more serious about the band. And then this last uh, EP is almost a reflection on, holy crap, like we've, you know, we've just been living on the road and we've, we've been so lucky to experience this beautiful life and it's amazing ups and downs and it's challenges and it's beauty. And it sort of it felt, feels like this brings it around to a full circle of, of where we're at. Absolutely. I just, I love this journey that you guys have had where you've kind of bopped around from major cities into small towns and ended up in, in, man, I'm never going to remember the name of the town. Yak and Dander. I've got it written in front of me to help me. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> the, yeah. um, there's something in the water in regional Victoria though, in any case, the last 10 years, I would say regional Victoria has just become so incredibly well known for, uh, music and it kind of non-genre specific like all over um tropical fuckstorm we'll call them tfs for the radio of course um being up there i know gizzard are kind of obviously they're not regional exactly but you know they are also out there near geelong so there's just so many things going on out there does it feel like um the heartland of victorian creativity is happening outside of the the capital city at the moment well, it's been, you know, I guess five, four years since I've lived in Melbourne, four and a half years. And um, and Kat, you haven't lived there for like a little bit longer. But um, I've always, especially in the northeast of Victoria, I've noticed in the last few years, there's just this awesome, like, um, everything, it's sort of bumbling and brimming along with artistry and music and arts in general you know like potters and painters and people sculpting and and obviously musicians as well and I just loved the area because it felt like it was dotted around with that and it wasn't really you know it's kind of like almost underground and then yeah I think that's been happening in lots of different places in regional Victoria and you're right like it's just started to really blossom and people have recognizing what's outside of Melbourne because Melbourne's such a brilliant, brilliant city for music and, you know, sort of still the biggest music scene in Australia. So it gets all the kudos and stuff. And then I think you get people sort of filtering out that it can still 
connect easily with Melbourne, but not want to actually live in the city yet. Yeah, now. I think you, I think there's a lot more of a realization that you don't need to be in Melbourne um, to keep your career kind of ticking. Like you can yeah. be anywhere, especially now. And I mean, I I would recommend, and that's what we all did was you know hit head to Melbourne to cut your teeth for sure. It's a brilliant place to do that. But yeah, I think people are sort of once they've cut their teeth, maybe let scuttling out to the uh, tree changes. But the, the, there's so much inspiration out here too, like especially in nature for us. Both mm. of us are a little bit obsessed with birds, bird life. And out here, there's it's crazy bird life. And some of the most gorgeous, both of our favourite birds mm-hmm. live in town, which is cool. Leash is, is the yellowtail cockatoo, which um, features on, actually features on the new EP on driving roads. There's yeah. a little outtake track of uh, a little sample we snuck in of the yellowtail cockatoo yeah. which one of our american friends is like oh i like how you've put dolphins in it um so <laughs> i don't really know how well it's going to go down outside of australia that sample but we'll see how it goes <laughs> that's very cool that's very cool i want to come back to driving roads in just a moment um but yeah you're absolutely right about i mean victoria itself i mean look i know it's a side note but i've never been so envious in my life seeing some of the announcements um of the return to live music in victoria this week um victorians get cash savage and new south wales i don't want to defame anyone but we definitely don't get anything that exciting coming to our public spaces i can assure you a <laughs> little bit devastated. I can't wait for you guys to all be able to cross the border in the near future. Um, mm. who, who, have you got uh, any exciting supports ha- coming along with you for the tour, the people that uh, we might not know or we should know? Um, yeah, we do. For the first show um, in Alexandra, we've got our really, really good friends, um, Tuck Shop Ladies. Um, if you haven't heard of Tuck Shop Ladies do yourself a favor because they are incredible it's they're like a comedy ukulele duo who write songs about things like why are there no baby pigeons um what what some of the other uh just about like why you need three hands instead of two um <laughs> just like uh, just you know crazy you wouldn't think of to write a song, observational right? humor that makes you go oh my god yeah i've thought of that before why do you never see baby pigeons around you only see them fully grown. So, um, so yeah, we've yeah. got the, the Tuckers on board, Tuck Shop Ladies, and uh, Julian James, who's a local um, to Yak and Danda now as well. He's a new mm-hmm. local here as well. He's just released an awesome, um, another awesome single that's coming up, a new album of his, um, released that last week. With awesome film clips. Yeah, so brilliant film clips. That's really cool. And then um, for the rest of the shows, we've got Well Into Winter, and he, the lead guy, Alex is one of the band members from the Northern Folk and this is his solo project. So, yeah. I would love to be there. Unfortunately, I can't come down for these. But next time um, you're up in Sydney, I'm really looking forward to it. I want to kind of leave us today just reflecting on your most recent single, Driving Roads. Uh, When this gets broadcast, the EP will still be a week away. It's not released till February 23rd, I believe. So I just wanted to reflect a little on driving roads. Where were you when you wrote that? And, um, and where does it kind of, I imagine that that probably takes both of you back to a happy place somewhere. Where does it take you back to? Many, many happy places. Yeah. Like, uh, I think just driving. So many roads. There's something about 
we often say to each other, like, there's just something about driving a road, driving down a road that you've never been before. Like, it's yeah. it's just magical. It's exciting. <laughs> you don't know where you're going. You don't yeah. know what's ahead of you. And there's something really um, just vibrant and life-giving mm. about that feeling. And we wrote that song um, about a year and a half ago in... Um, in Canada, we have some really dear friends of ours who live on this stunning 50-acre property, you know, with a lake and forests and little cabins around it, and um, an awesome workshop there that we set up in and, and was doing. We were doing some songwriting, and yeah, the riff came through and the, the chorus came through, and um, we'd been listening to a lot of Krungaban as well, and so it's got a little bit of a hint of that sort of style going along. Um, and we wrote it there and it was, you know, beautiful North American summertime and everything's green and flush and flowers and baby animals and you sort of skip around in the woods kind of thing, hoping not to bump into a bear. Um, so it was just, you know, like a really big celebration of, of the beauty of, of that kind of lifestyle um, and that ability of people to just jump in the car and drive somewhere that maybe they haven't been. So it's kind of good though because... You know, now that we're, you know, looking inward to Australia and to our own states, I think people have really just, like, discovered amazing places around. And, you know, we're a beautiful country and everyone knows that. And I think people are really um, taking the time and being able to take the time without the pressure to go anywhere else to, to see the incredible places and to, yeah, to drive those roads that they haven't been on before. That's it. That's a beautiful note to end on. I really appreciate you both joining me yet again on Quiet Fire. Once again, the EP entitled Volume 3. It's not entitled EP Volume 3. It's just called Volume 3, isn't it? I don't know why it says yeah. that on the, on the presses. Yeah. <laughs> the EP is entitled Volume 3 by This Way North out on the 23rd of February. To take us out, we will um, play their most recent single from back in November, Driving Roads. Would you like to just give me a quick introduction before we go? This song is called Driving Roads by This Way North.